0: Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Oh my gosh, I know you have been waiting for this episode since part one aired. So today I am doing part two of an interview with my friend Angela Mater, who is the founder of a company called FitLosophy, the creator of a product called Fitbook, which you maybe have seen in. CVS or Target or maybe 24-Hour Fitness, really popular. You've also perhaps even heard about it in my book, Push, where I mentioned it. Well, in episode one, which was last Thursday, we talked about everything that goes into the building of a company and the things that would have been great to know in hindsight had Angela known someday she was gonna sell her company. That's a really important episode for you to listen to. I know there were so many things that would have made life, oh my gosh, a million times easier if Brett and I had known this information when we founded our first companies, the companies that we eventually sold in 2010 and 2011. Angela and I discuss everything that went into the reverse engineering of a sale, and I just think that's a really important episode for you to listen to. Even if at this moment you think you may never sell your company, you just never know. And when someone comes knocking on your door saying that they are interested, there's just things, pieces you need to have in place before that happens that will make life so much easier and help you to command a higher price tag. But today it gets all kinds of juicy because we're going to talk about the things that very few people ever talk about. What happens after the sale of a company? What does that feel like to get that wire transfer? How do you celebrate? And then What about your whole identity being tied into something that you built? And then it's kind of like raising a child. So what does that feel like? How do you move on? How do you celebrate it? How do you grieve it? Because ultimately, yeah, it's a win and you're incredibly successful, but goodness, it can also feel like a loss. And how do you then move on and know what you're supposed to do next? How do you let go and turn over this thing that you've created to someone else and just let them do what they wanna do. We talk about all of that. It. it gets very real and I think this is a great episode. Thank you for all of the feedback you gave us on part one. Thank you for always reaching out to myself and my guests in social media, especially Instagram. Really appreciate you. And I really appreciate those of you who are taking the time. Love you for doing this and writing reviews for Brock and I. It's so cool. Like he'll be like, Mom, did you read the newest review? Like, we go through those all the time and it's really cool. And that's why if we mention one of you or read one of your reviews here on the show, we're going to send you a thank you, a thank you gift. So if you hear your review read, look below in our show notes for details on how to collect your gift, collect your gift. That sounds so funny. You know what I'm saying? Like redeem your gift, like let us know how to send your gift to you. That's a really important thing. Anyways, here's today's review.
1: Hi, Shaleen. My name is Tanya. I just finished listening to your Build Your Tribe episode number 368 about building a business with a family. I currently have three little girls, 10, 8, and 4. I am a new MIA student. I'm also going to the MIA Live in May. Listening to all these stories of these entrepreneurs being able to build their business really just I don't know, like lights a fire inside of me to know that I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one, but to hear their story and to hear your story and to just see my life through their eyes, it's just amazing. And I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much for doing an episode like this because I'm in the process of trying to start a business of my own with being a stay-at-home mom and after-school activities with my kids and all that. I wouldn't change it for the world or my life, but also you can do a passion. At the same time, and build a business while raising your kids with the love that I have for mine. You are the bomb. dot com, Shalene. I love you, love you, love you, and I mean it.
0: And now, part two with Angela Mater. Angela, where we left off was that moment where you're being courted by someone who wants to buy the company. Yeah, and I I remember that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if your experience was like mine. You feel a little bit like you're being accused of something you feel like you're on trial (laughs) i felt like i was
2: you mean with all the documentation yes
0: and then the the questions and like but wait what is this and what is that you're like it's so time consuming and stressful
2: it's very time consuming and, and like i said i felt like i was living a double life because at this point i'm still going into the office every day i'm still working i'm talking to my team every day
0: why is it were you hiding this from your team why weren't you sharing it with them
2: no, not at all. But, I, you know, you have to make sure this is the best example. You don't want to tell your kids you might go to Disneyland tomorrow <laughs> if you're not going to really go. Because there's fear involved if you tell someone that you're considering selling the business. A couple of reasons. Am I going to keep my job? And we'll get to that because I was very specific on the terms of the deal. But, you know, I didn't want to tell my team and have them worried, but also I didn't know if it was gonna go through Shaleen. Any yeah. deal. I mean, yeah. my advisors told me they're like, if a deal doesn't almost fall apart three times, it's not really a deal. I mean, it almost falls apart. I had many meetings in person. I almost walked away. I had things that were non-negotiables for me, and they did too. So I wanna also clarify this wasn't like a a bad situation i just whenever there were things that are important to me i was willing to walk away and i think that's the most important thing not everyone has this luxury but that's if right. you have the option to walk away you're in the position of power that's right, right? because you know you can't negotiate when you need it mm-hmm. and i'm so so fortunate that that i didn't need to sell the business nor did i really you know want to i had to think about chalene like what does this mean for me? Like, I'm going to go from running a business that I've owned for 10 plus years, and then I'm going to have a job? Like, what does that mean? So there were a lot of things for me to consider, but I did not want to tell the team until I was 100% sure. And in fact, I didn't tell them until one week before I sold the business.
0: In our experience, we went through about a year process of negotiating with attorneys back and forth, back and forth. And then decided that we wanted to walk away from the deal. And we walked wow. away. And our advisor told us that we could potentially damage the deal and put ourselves in legal hot water if we were to tell our team that we were going through this process because people just behave differently. Your best people maybe want to
1: leave. Yep.
0: So we weren't able to tell our staff at that point, And we were glad that we didn't because we decided to walk away from the deal. And then we revisited the deal about two years later. And again, you feel such a love and dedication to the people who've helped you grow the business. And you've told them everything all along. And now <laughs> suddenly, I felt like I was having an affair on my, yes, on my yes. team because I, I literally couldn't tell them. But at the same time, every day I was negotiating a deal so that they were best set up. And here's the other thing that happened with us. Knowing we were going to sell, I was at the same time trying to encourage my team to start, you know, over the course of those three years, building their own businesses. Mm -hmm. So that when it did come time to sell, that no one was forced into making a decision. I had hoped at that stage, people had the ability to say, you know what? My own thing has grown to a point. This is my jumping off point. Or no, I want to stay with the brand. And we had a little bit of both happen. But it was... I hated that feeling. I felt dishonest. I felt torn. Horrible. I felt, you know, but even though I know I was, you know, trying to do the right thing for everybody, I'm not someone who likes to hide anything. So that created a lot of stress. I just, (laughs) I think if anything else, for those of you who are listening to this story, I've talked to many entrepreneurs who have sold a business. I think our experiences are pretty normal. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, the first time someone says, hey, would you be interested in selling? Your brain goes. You picture yourself on a beach with a cocktail and a little umbrella in it, and you know you you flew there on your private jet after having sold your multi billion dollar business. You know, yes. and little do you know, it's like years and years later, and you're stressed Fair. out. It just it's not as pretty. It takes no. a lot longer, and it's like anything. You have to pretend it's not going to happen.
2: Yes, and that was until I saw literally until we saw the wire go through. And that was actually a funny story. But like I always assumed it was going to fall apart. I wasn't going to live my life any differently. And the other thing, here's a big point. If you're in talks with a company, run your business like it's not going to go through. Yeah, You have to run the business because so many people get distracted by the deal. You know, what I would do is work my eight, nine hours, whatever, at the office, and then come home, grab dinner, go to the gym whatever order that is in. And then I would literally be up looking at financials and looking at legal documents until one or two in the morning. And of mm. course, my team doesn't know this, but I had to kind of split my time because I had to keep running the business as though it wasn't going to happen. Because the minute you take your eye off the, you know, the prize, which is actually your business, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's where a lot of deals can derail you.
0: Yes. Well, all right. So let's walk ourselves through this a little bit. And maybe we can share each other's take on it. <laughs> One thing I would say I learned from selling our business was that, you know, how to look more critically in the future when we, you know, because now we, we went off and started another, other businesses. But yeah. since the selling of our business really has taught me to do things with not the end in mind, but like a sale in mind, even if we never sell, because it makes you realize like, I've got to be much more Strategic about what this could look like and how it could scale and costs associated. It's forced me to think things through like, okay, and what would happen if I removed myself from this equation? If I'm not part of the branding of it or the, you know, all the pieces of it. So what is one takeaway? I'll share mine. What is one thing that you realized if I were to start another company, knowing how hard it was to sell this one? Yeah, what would you do differently?
2: Well, I think you actually just nailed it um, in saying that build something that can survive without you. Because the truth is, you know, because I lived and breathed it, it was my heart and soul. But in so many ways, they didn't want the brand without me. Mm. Because I had the passion, I had the sales, I had the, you know, the face of the brand, I guess you would say. But to be honest with you, I built a brand that was dependent on me. And so it's, I guess you could liken it to raising children. You know, if you raise a child that Mm. still can't do his own laundry at 18, you haven't done your job. Yeah. So That's interesting that you would say that because,
0: you know, you say you were the face of it, but it wasn't your name that was on it. It wasn't your, your face wasn't a part of it. So do you feel like you more so you were the soul of
2: the business? It was, you know... Yes, it was definitely the soul of it, but no one could sell the brand. Mm. Um, like I said, I tried to bring in salespeople to do that and it didn't work. And, and I'm not saying I was the face of it or I was the soul of it in that I was the only thing that was important to it. But because of my role in being the one to literally write, create, come up with the ideas for the products, any innovation wasn't going to really happen outside of me. And that's partly because of my control freak nature, Shalene. It's mm. what I love to do. It's what I wanted to do. I mean, uh, could I have hired copywriters to do writing instead of doing it myself? Yeah, but I didn't want to. Mm. So I think that I did create a brand and maybe, you know, we can dive into this too, but it was my identity. Mm. And, and so, you know, who am I without philosophy?
0: Wow. Let's say tomorrow you decide I'm going to start a new company, a new product. What one thing would you do very differently? Like, what would that look like? You have just said it was too reliant on me. So how would you do things differently?
2: You know, I think I would approach it differently emotionally. You know, Mm. I read this article, I think it was in Entrepreneur, and the title of it was something around the effect of why I was in the fetal position after selling my business. (laughs) I'm like, yes, that was me. I think now, knowing what I know now, you know, it is a business. It's not your life, and lead a life accordingly that is such. But if I look back on my life and my life experiences, Shalene, in that 10 years that I owned the business, you know, I had gone through a divorce. I had lost my mom to cancer suddenly. I had a pretty violent physical attack, all these things that happened to me during this life of 10 years, the business was always there, mm. not, not a man, not anybody else. It was my business. And so in so many ways, I was emotionally attached to this business. So when I think about what I would do differently, it is building up the other areas of my life. So I'm fulfilled in those areas. So I don't need a business to fulfill everything.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry sure. that you had so much of that at the same time. I mean, I know it's all part of God's purpose and plan for us, but nonetheless, that's a lot. It is a lot. How did you, yeah. when you're faced with this opportunity, right? So the opportunity to sell a business, how did you make the decision or evaluate, I should say, the opportunity to maintain the brand yourself and look at potential growth and what could just be yours. And the opportunity of the sale. So how did you evaluate those two? Because you know, you Um, kinda look at those numbers, right? What's really interesting when you sell a business is you have to come up with projections and you've got to come up with, you know, very real projections. Yeah. I don't know if you did this. I would look at our projections and going, like, why are we selling? Maybe we should just keep it.
2: For sure. You know, and I'm gonna just be really, really raw and probably a little a little vulnerable here in in saying I wasn't really at a point where I was wanting to continue for another 10 years. But at the same time, when a number is where you didn't even expect it you're like okay god i i hear you you know mm. and and i see that it's an opportunity for the brand to grow beyond me beyond what i'm capable of you know the company that bought us was a large publicly traded organization that had a team of you know thousands i thought it was an opportunity for the brand to have a little bit of life beyond me and and have you know me be a part of it for a time to be able to grow it with them but but to be completely 100% honest with you and I probably shouldn't say this is I was a little tapped out with being the chief philosopher at yeah. this point yeah. you yeah. know I was tired
0: I think that's very real it's your tagline live life fit you made the decision not based on live life rich right you made the decision based on live life fit and I can so relate to that I shared the story of I don't know if I've shared the correlation, but I know I've told many, I've been very honest about the place where Brett and I were in our marriage, where I didn't, I was ignoring the fact that we were there and it was incredibly overwhelming. And for me, it was him just saying, I hate this. I hate her life. When is this going to be over? <laughs>
2: yeah. That, yeah.
0: you know, I, I had to, for me, the decision was I had to look and say, okay. In order for us to scale this brand when i look at our projections in order for us to scale these brands because we sold like three business centers or three businesses at once in order for me to scale these this is what would the tola would have to take this is how things would have to be different this is how things would have to be frankly more stressful and <laughs> yeah. outside of my skill set and here's the toll it would take on our marriage and time and family and that dollar sign there isn't a dollar sign that was worth that. So for yeah. us, the decision was also one about health. And it sounds to me yes. like that's what yours was too.
2: Well, and, and, and no, and I appreciate you sharing that because one thing that you touched on that, that was also a deciding factor, it wasn't like I was just tired, like I didn't want to work because anybody that knows me, it, <laughs> I never could tire of working but what i was tired of was doing the same thing and not seeing a result that i felt like was acceptable like Shalene, every time i landed you know every time i landed one big thing i wanted the next thing and when mm. i landed that one i wanted the next thing and i was just mm-hmm. never happy and i think i got to the point where you know the brand and, you know grown to a nice size revenue wise. But I did not know what to do to take it past that I didn't I was, right. right. You know, I just felt like my skill set wasn't quite as such. And also, I knew that the option to bring on more employees and stuff like that wasn't what would make my life enjoyable for me because I'm, I'm a team player. Like I like working very closely with a team that becomes like family to me. But I don't want to manage 20 people that doesn't sound yeah. like fun to me. It just doesn't. Yeah, I felt a little bit like
0: I had given birth to a child who was, you know, maybe gifted at some sport that I had no idea how to help them be their greatest and get them to the Olympics. And so I had to adopt them, allow a family to adopt them that could do that. Like, I really felt like I've done as much as I can, but I this is my baby. And I love this baby so much that I want to give it the opportunity to reach its greatest potential. But I know it's not with me.
2: Well, it's funny you say that because at dinner I flew to New York to meet with the company. It was kind of before I made the decision to like the final like, Hey, yeah, we're going to documents. I was at dinner with the head of sales, head of marketing, and the CEO of the company. And I told him, look, you know, I just feel like I'm selling my baby. Like, I'm, I, it feels like I'm giving my baby up for adoption. And mm-hmm. ahead of sales, he was really sweet. He looked at me and like put his hand on mine. And he's like, no, you're just getting more aunts and uncles to love on your baby. And, you know, so that was like, okay, I feel like, you know, I'm going to be in good hands.
0: Total, from the time you first got word that there might be some interest to the date that the wire transfer showed up in your account, how much time elapsed?
2: year and a half, exactly.
0: Okay, year and a half. And I assume, as we did, had a a massive legal bill at the end of it.
2: Oh, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Yes. And so what did it feel like the day that wire transfer showed up?
2: My attorney called me and he, it was like 10.02, I'll never forget. I was at the office, I had one of my advisors in the office and the attorney says, uh, hey, Angela, something's messed up. We need one more signature. And I was like, what? And he's like, just kidding. Check Nasdaq.com. And the, the press release for our sale had just hit nasdaq.com, which is crazy because they're a publicly traded company mm-hmm. and he's like, the wire transfer just hit your account and I like broke down. I was like, you're so mean I can't believe he did that uh-huh. but he was he was just you know on these kind of deals things like are kind of funnies just start laughing like what else could happen but he was just calling to tell me and I just I was so happy, Shalene, and I was just I felt so accomplished, I think and and that takes a lot for me to say because nothing's ever good enough for me, which mm-hmm. is a not not my best quality by the way. And, you know, at that point, I had negotiated all of my team members to keep their jobs. Mm -hmm. That was part of the deal and very big part of the deal for me. Mm -hmm. Because when they first made the offer, they just wanted me and the brand. And Mm. so we negotiated what that looked like. And they were very accommodating. So, you know, I felt like I was doing the best thing. And what I didn't realize in that moment is my entire identity had changed in the blink of an eye.
0: When did that hit you? So first, day one, you're pretty stoked. Maybe pop in some champagne.
2: <laughs> we had a nice dinner at Pelican Grill. We had, you know, champagne. We had, you know, the the management from the acquiring company came out. My advisors were here. My dad was here. You know, it was, it was a big celebration. Flowers were showing up at the office. It was very exciting. And we had a press release and everything like that. But when it started to set in for me was when I was now a... Part of a very large organization that it's really hard to go from entre- entrepreneur to employee. It just is. We do things differently.
0: So as part of the deal that you were consulting, let's kind of clarify that. Are you consulting no, for a period of time? I was,
2: no, I was part of the, they wouldn't have bought the brand without me having an employment agreement with them.
0: Okay. So your employment agreement was to last for how long?
2: That was not a disclosed period of time. It was just kind of up to how well it was working. But it was a at will. Either one of us could leave at any point in time.
0: Okay. And you know you don't disclose this. You don't have to disclose the specifics of your deal. But there was a, I assume a payout, and maybe a payout over a course of period of time. I don't know if there were additional sales based on the growth of the company. But in addition to that, there was an agreement in place that you had full time employment with them. Is that correct? Actual employment, not consulting. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Full time employment. Wow! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Entrepreneur to employee. Not not easy.
0: Trippy. Okay, so this is where our stories differ a little bit. I did have a consulting agreement where I had a certain number of days and very spelled out specific obligations that I was to consult on for a very specific amount of time.
2: Yeah, you know, it's not uncommon that the founders are included in some capacity, mm-hmm. but in this specific case, not only did they make it a requirement of the deal. I wanted it, Shaleen, like I, I, oh, yeah. I wanted to grow my baby. That was the plan. But what I didn't know, or, and, and I, I mean, many people said like, good luck being an employee, especially at a large company, right? But you know, it's just not my personality and I'm an entrepreneur for a reason. And I think having that experience though, as an employee and managing my team, you know, mm-hmm. within a much larger organization really taught me a lot. And it also reminded me of who I am and what I'm good at and the value that I bring. And, and that also, you know, it's an experience that I'm glad I had, but gosh, darn it, I'm, I'm just not. you How know How long did that last about? for? A little over a year.
0: Okay, and, so you're there for a year. And does that mean now you're going into an office?
2: Well, we still had our office out here in Newport Beach. I mean, we basically, by acquiring the company, they acquired our location and yep, they acquired yep, yep. everything
0: everything's kind of the same, except that now you're answering to people. Like, so you're going to the same place, you're working with the same people, you're working on the same thing, except that you have a chunk of change in your bank account. And now things have to be approved by someone else or maybe lots of other people. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, part of the integration of the brand was actually fun for me because it was a challenge. You know, I think actually going back to your other question, you know, I knew that it was time to sell when number one, I, you know, I wanted to take the offer. But number two, I was not challenged in growing FitLosophy anymore, because I didn't know how to do it differently. And, you know, integrating the brand into a much larger organization, integrating factories and warehouses and products and SKUs and QuickBooks, and I mean, you name it, it was a new challenge for me.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break. For those of you who are interested in learning more about Coaching with myself and my husband, Brett. I want to share with you an opportunity to work with myself and my husband, Brett. As you know, if you are a regular listener of the Shalene Show or you follow me on social media, like family is central to everything that I do. It's how I have lived my life, it's how I've built my career, how we've kept our marriage together. That's been our central focus. It's one of the reasons why I created a journal that would help me to align my life in such a way that I could accomplish all the things that I wanted to do, things that made me feel purpose-driven, made us feel purpose-driven, allowed us to build our business, to do so in such a way that we were able to honor our family. And we've heard from so many of you that you struggle in that area. And that's why we are offering a coaching program that isn't for everybody. Brett and I have decided we want to work with those of you who are go-getters. This doesn't necessarily mean you're a business owner. It means that you have things you want to accomplish. You have goals that you want to master. You want to do something more, but at the same time, you struggle with how to balance that with family. So, we're doing something called push goal coaching. You can learn more about it by going to push goal coaching. That's hard to say, com. I can't promise you based on the time or when you're listening to this that it will be available. We're going to do 30 day coaching sessions. It is a new adventure for us. We've been doing this privately for years, but it's something we realize there's a need for others, something we wanted to make very affordable because this is, we believe, our purpose. We believe we've really figured out a way to do it and we want to help others by sharing our systems, by sharing how we were able to, and continue to this day, honor our family and still master our goals, but do so with family in mind. So if that's you, if you are a family-oriented person and you're also interested in goal setting and goal mastery, if you're planning on starting a family and you want to know how to set yourself up for success now, this is for you. We've priced it affordably under $200 for 30 days of virtual coaching with myself and my husband. To learn more, please go to pushgoalcoaching.com. All right, let's get back to our show, shall we? You were working there essentially as an employee. Like This means you've got a put in for vacation time, all the things that employees do. Is that, is this accurate?
2: Yeah, so weird.
0: That's got to be so weird. Like, do you have to go to corporate meetings and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are fun.
2: Oh, super fun. Sexual like, harassment trainings. I mean, you Oh,
0: yes. I mean, I'd rather, meetings on meetings to talk about the last meeting that we had and schedule the next one that we'll have.
2: But then we need to have a meeting to plan the next one and then recap what happened in the last meeting
0: and then go home and work because <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get anything done. Cause you're in meetings all day. Guy. I,
2: will say, though, I met some amazing people while I was there. And so, you know, I don't want to paint this picture that I hated being an employee necessarily, but I will say you are either an entrepreneur or an employee, mm-hmm. and some of us are just wired differently, Chalene. And mm-hmm. and I just knew, you know, it's about September of 2019 that I stepped down in my role from that position for various reasons which I cannot discuss right now. Sure. But I did know that, you know, my time there was done and I wasn't thriving. Mm. And also it was taking a personal toll on me as well.
0: Yeah, again, you make a decision to live life fit. Yeah,
2: I too or just live life yeah. Just live life, you know,
0: live life. I um, remember talking to a gentleman who was much older than me. And he had sold his business like 50 years ago, Uh, literally. And he was telling me the story of when he first sold his company and he would go to these mandatory meetings with the board and he was supposed to be transitioning the company and he would be so upset in these meetings and want to pound the table and say, what are you doing? No, this is not how you do it. You're destroying my business. And he said that there was a gentleman sitting next to him at one of those board meetings who leaned over and whispered to him, they bought your business so yeah. that you don't have this opinion anymore. So just sit here and do your time. And he told me that story. And I thought, oh, yeah, like, I guess, you know, f- for me, I was fighting like I so wanted the business to be run exactly the way mm. that we had done it, but bigger. Yeah. And it's just it's not like that. And and, it's and, and the all. control freak in me was <laughs> I, I was becoming like in those meetings that I had to go to. I would leave feeling bad about myself because yeah. I felt so out of control and like, you know, desperate to shake everybody in the room. And I just, I didn't know how to do corporate meetings. And I didn't know how to wait my turn to share my opinion. And I didn't know how to carefully, cautiously choose my words so that I didn't offend someone if yeah. I didn't like their idea. And I found myself having to, having to like, I apologized more in that year to people yes. than I ever oh have. Gosh. I would say, I just, I'm so sorry. This is not who I am. And that was so <sighs> rude what I said. And I guess it's kind of, I just keep thinking about it like a parent. Like if you saw the way someone was raising your baby and you're like,
2: that's not the way we yes. feed the baby. Oh my gosh. You it's know,
0: and I just, I was, painful. I was so painful and I was just not myself. I was yeah, just, I felt so out of control. And grieving at the same time because it wasn't mine and i um i don't know what you did to get through but i finally went to a therapist who once you know i'm just like venting 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 and she stopped me she said you know what we needed to go some grief counseling for you and i thought Mm -hmm. oh and she said that and i broke and i just bawled i'm like i don't miss my baby so much I i just cried and cried and cried and I literally had to grieve and let go and be okay
2: with it you said it best I listened to a podcast years where you said you had to grieve it to leave it yeah and that resonated with me so much which I think is why I reached out to you actually I was like ah you get it but I will say you know I probably had the toughest year, you know, year and four months after I sold it because it wasn't just about not being an employee. I actually was a really good team player. I was knowledgeable in all areas of the business, not just my brand, but, you know, I had made products, I had imported products, I had landed deals with retailers, I had done kind of every area of the business. But what was difficult was corporations are not set up that way. Mm -hmm. They have operations that does this, they have marketing that does this, they have sales that do this. And and in so many ways, my expertise didn't add a ton of value to an organization that is so siloed and ran so differently. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the only reason is, is because they're a large publicly traded company. I was a small, you know, five person company, you know? So it's just different, but I will say that, I think that the year, you know, a little over a year that I was there, I was slowly grieving it. But in the beginning, I started out with this energy that was like really positive. But as it kind of took this turn, it wasn't necessarily that anybody did anything to me. It was letting go of control Mm. that I needed to let go of. And it didn't really hit me until I woke up that one day in September. And I'm like, well, not sure what I'm going to do today.
0: (laughs) Like I shared with you that for me, it meant going to therapy to heal from that. What have you done to heal?
2: Yeah, I have gone to therapy specifically, you know, I I actually went to this one week long retreat in Mm. the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. And it was amazing. I I remember
0: you writing about that. I wanted to ask about that. So tell us about that.
2: Yes, it was a place called Onsite. And, you know, it's 60 people gathered in the woods in Tennessee, and there's horses and fire. And it's basically adult camp, you Mm. know, Mm. but with high level, extremely talented therapists, specifically experiential therapy miles adcox actually started this and he's a ceo and he's an amazing follow on instagram by the way Mm. but this week gave me a week of no phone in small group and large group formats focusing on things that are tough for me to process because a lot of people you know they see my smiling face and they think i'm always happy and the truth is not only eating disorders, but I've battled depression and anxiety a good portion of my life. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm not really super open about it, not because I don't want to be vulnerable, but because I really want to be a positive influence in the world. I don't want to like bug people with my being down. But Mm. I will tell you that going there allowed me to not only just process a lot of grief and trauma that I've experienced in my life, but it also connected me to people that i literally have only known since you know (laughs) june of last year and are some of my closest friends wow so i really have been doing doing the work as they say (laughs) yeah because i know that in so many ways i have been using work and my business to really survive life and it's worked and i I think that god has created space for me would
0: you say your your drug of
2: choice was work oh, absolutely. And I'm yeah. good at that drug, you know? Yeah. And, and so I don't want to make a negative out of work. And, and I know what you mean by it when you say that, but what I do, like the thing is, it always worked for me, you know, Go yeah. growing up, there was, you know, a lot of things that happened in my life as a, as a child and a teenager and in college, it, a lot of people don't know about. And, and that's because I don't share them because I'm just going to plow through and I'm going to be okay. And even, you know, Shaleen, after my mom passed away, like I raised $26,000 for leukemia and ran two half marathons. What I do is I achieve, right? Yeah. And so I'm an Enneagram three, if it doesn't surprise you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, all that said, I think that, you know, it started with going to onsite. It started with starting to seek therapy around I mean, I actually went to process that attack, I think that I mentioned earlier, because I was like, oh, I've got to have some gnarly trauma from that. But the truth was, I had trauma from a lot of other things. And one of them being losing my identity when selling the business. And Uh. so it's just really hard to cry to anybody, Chalene, when you know who I heard speak about this was one of the founders of Equinox. And she talked about how the darkest days of her life were six months after selling the business. And she said, but it's really hard for anybody to feel bad for you hmm. when they think you're just flush with cash. Mm. And granted, she sold for like, I mean, they sold for like half a billion. I mean, crazy amount. But my point being Soul cycle or equinox? Equinox. Mm. Yeah so my point being, it's really hard when you feel like you should be grateful. You feel like you should be happy. You feel like this is the coolest thing that's ever happened. And I'm having an identity crisis and I'm super depressed and no one understands why I'm sad. And so I really had to, mm. take the time to step back and be like, OK, well, what people don't understand is that I also lost my child. I lost my baby. I <sighs> lost my sense yes. of who Angela was. And so I feel like this space right now and what I'm doing right now is like, OK, well, who are you and who did God create you to be? and one of my favorite sayings from my therapist that she told me is my solution to everything is start another business because that's what (sighs) we do right and and she said is the most profound thing she said don't let what you're capable of get in the way of what you're called to
0: don't wait let's say that again don't let what you're capable of get in the way of what you're called to wow
2: yeah that's really you know because i've had people and businesses and you know i've had recruiters and i've i've had different people coming my way and be like oh, what about this what about this what about this or can you help me with this and and i just kind of have to like quiet the noise a little which is why i'm traveling for a couple 2 3 months just to kind of escape the noise a yeah. little bit just to figure out who am i and what does god put on my heart and why yeah. am i here because i don't want my story just to be about me
0: yeah You know, when Kate Spade committed suicide, you know, there were so many stories in the news about her depression and, you know, how so many people couldn't understand how someone who had everything could be so riveted and controlled by depression that she would take her own life. Yeah. But for me, I couldn't help but think about what you've just described. You know, we are in this day and age where people are speaking openly about their traumas. And it's hard not to do that, gosh, well, their trauma, capital T, sounds bigger than mine. I've got this bank account, I've sold a business, I'm grieving the fact that I'm successful, like, so therefore, I don't deserve. And I I shouldn't be feeling these feelings. And then we have guilt about these feelings.
2: Guilt for not being grateful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I am very grateful. But I can also be sad and grieving at the same time.
2: Absolutely. And I I think here's the thing, Shaleen, I say people, I say people all the time, like, oh, people didn't understand. People didn't understand. Let me be really clear when I say this. It's me it is me. I don't allow myself to grieve. I don't allow myself to feel sorry for myself. I don't allow myself to feel Mm. the feelings. Mm -hmm. And so that actually holds me back. So I can say people wouldn't listen or, but you know, the truth is maybe people would, but I think I so badly want to just feel like, you know, I'm grateful and I'm happy, but whenever you have something where you just feel like your identity is gone and, and who am I? But what I'm learning in this time is like, you know what, philosophy. like it wasn't that I was philosophy. It was like, I created that. And Mm -hmm. yes, it was a big part of me, but, but I did it. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't own me. It was just what I did with the talents God gave me. So what else am I going to do with those talents? Because the truth is, if you built one business, you built one brand, you can do it again. But is that really the best use? And is that what's next for me? And that's kind of what I'm on a mission to figure out.
0: So many entrepreneurs listen to the show, people who want to build a business, people who have built a business. And I'm probably one of the most guilty people of saying you are the brand, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and you aren't your product, though. So what do you think the difference is when you hear that distinction? Like, You are the brand, but you're not the product.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, at the point where you start allowing your worth to be defined by it, Mm. then I think it's a dangerous territory because in that way, then it becomes some sort of an idol. Right. Yeah. I do, trust me, Shalene, I believe 100% that you are the brand. I mean, right now I am, I mean, you can't see me because I'm on a podcast, but I am on brand right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you ever saw me when I had FitLossby red coffee cup, red walls, red shoes, red, I was the brand. I lived and breathed it. But at the point where I didn't know how to separate myself from what I did and who I was, that is dangerous territory.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So what's next for you? What What are you excited about? Because I know you love helping people. And I I mean, this podcast in and of itself is going to be so helpful. I just, it's so great to have 2020 vision. And that's what I think we've been able to provide for people. And thank you for being so honest and vulnerable and sharing the beautiful, the ugly, the real of this, (laughs) because we have this fantasy of selling a business. And This is the first time I've ever had this conversation on the show. So just thank you. I want to honor you and I love you. you. You're so great (laughs) to me. Like you have reached out on so many other occasions and we can share advice and I, I just really appreciate you. But what's next? What has you excited?
2: Just a caveat to that. It is wonderful. And I think you would say that too. you guys, if you can build a product and a brand that you ultimately even if you don't sell it, like Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. so
2: many people have ideas and they never act on it. And so if you are doing it like congrats, like you are one of very few. And so that is an award, a reward in itself. But if you can sell it, don't take away from this that it's like the worst thing in the world. Just be mindful as you walk in. Realistic. That there is, yes, realistic about your identity and what that means and and who you are, because it is not defined by your business and or what you do in this world. That's right. So I would say what I'm excited about right now. So I've been taking italian classes i've been um yeah i am learning italian i am leaving the end of february for italy for i got a one-way ticket for a while wow you're living life i'm excited and i'm very very excited about that i'm working on a book proposal which scares the bejesus out of me but that's because I, I think I have some stories to tell mm-hmm. and I want to be brave. I heard a quote the other day by Sarah Blakely, you mm-hmm. know, the founder of Spanx. And yes. she said, she's like, I am not fearless. I'm afraid of a lot of things, but I am courageous. And that really hit home for me because I'm like, I'm scared, actually, Shaleen. Like, I'm scared. What if I write a book and nobody reads it? Like, holy moly. Like, mm-hmm. that would be sad for me Like, to put your heart and soul in pages. And, you know, you have many books, you know. But I'm like, you know, you know what? This isn't about you. This is not your story to tell. It is really a story that is God's to tell. And I'll give you one more quote because this quote, like literally, like I have it memorized. That's how much it meant to me. So do you know John Acuff, the author? Yes, yes, he's great. Okay, so he talks about self-promotion and he's like, if you want something, you know, to be on the shelf, you better promote it. And if you want to have it on the nightstand, then don't promote it. But then he says, if you believe in your business, your book, which is what struck a chord with me, your dream or whatever, you better start promoting it. If it's something that will help people, quit denying that out of some sort of false humility. Mm. Otherwise, get busy on your diary. And the reason that struck me was like, my story isn't mine to tell. It's, I feel like it's God's story. And yes, but I am very, I'm very scared to be completely honest with you. Um, that's I mean, exciting.
0: I mean, th- that's what makes us realize that we are alive. It's having that little yeah. bit of fear and Yes. I think that's also can be addictive to those of us who are entrepreneurs because we're risk yeah. takers. We like that feeling of a little bit of fear because we believe in ourselves.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: And this has been a wonderful conversation. So I just want to say thank you. And if there are people out there who might be interested in working with you or consulting, is, is that something you'll consider? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but
2: no, that's fine. Yeah, I've actually had, you know, I just started my new Instagram and I think I have eight posts, Shalene. you'd be so proud. Hey. Uh, but, you know, I've actually had a couple people reach out about working with them, which was not my intention. But right now what I'm saying is I'm taking on projects that excite me because I want to only work on things and with people that I just really dive with and that I enjoy. So, so yeah, absolutely.
0: It is the Angela Mater is on Instagram, correct? Yes. And spell your last name for us
2: m as in mary it's m-a-d-e-r and the website is just angelamader.com and yeah it's really i'm just doing it because if i can share something that helps somebody else that wants to bring their dream to life like i'm so happy to do that and you know thank you for having me because i just am such a fan of just your authenticity and your realness and and you really truly do help people so i'm just so thankful for being on here
0: love you thank you angela this episode has been brought to you by push journal If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple-to-use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to pushjournal.com.